0: This is a News Laundry and Roli Pulse podcast examining the news media landscape. Roli Pulse is a digital initiative by Roli Books.
1: Hi everyone, I am Chirag Tucker, Commissioning Editor at Roli Books, and you're watching this in collaboration between Roli Pulse, brought to you by Roli Books as well as News Laundry. This is the sixth and the final episode of a specially curated video series on the media landscape in India. If you haven't already, please go press the bell icon and subscribe to roly Books and News Laundry on YouTube, where you'll find the other five episodes of the series. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's conversation is on how comedy and satire can be tools of social change or not, and how this ecosystem interacts with a large democracy such as India's. How do audiences respond to their favorite comics and what they say? Do all millennials not read news anymore and instead consume news via comic takes on issues? Tackling subjects such as freedom of speech and expression. We will also look at what offense is and whether what is offensive to me is also offensive to someone else. And centrally, whether Indians are too easily offended. Moderating the specially curated media series with Roli, Pulse and News Laundry is co-founder at News Laundry, Abhinandan Sekri. And he's going to be in conversation with a medley of two of India's finest stand-up comics, Veer Das and Aditi Mittal. So welcome to Roli Pulse, all of you. Abhinand, why don't you get us started? Thanks, Chirag. And welcome to this Roli Pulse and
2: New Zealandry collaboration. Welcome, Aditi and Veer. Um, Hello. Let me start off with Aditi. Um, we saw what recently happened in Bombay with um, a young comic. Uh, and she had made a joke about, it was a political joke, about the expenditure on a statue, uh, not on who the statue was built on. Although in my view, even if the joke had been on Chhatrapati Shivaji, I don't really see a problem there. However, even if that's the case, we saw pushback that made her apologize, there were rape threats, you know, the home minister from Maharashtra put out something on Twitter. Now that is just one case, but there are many cases that people have to apologize. Um, social media, you know, when eight ten years ago, when I was just introduced to it was a place that was made really fun by comics who were commenting on a bunch of things. And then, you know, it became this place for news to dominate narratives. Uh, that was also media space, you know, like there is legacy media, there was social media. A, has social media and its purpose changed? And does that make it claustrophobic for comics to really do what they do?
0: Uh, G. Yes, Uh media has changed. Uh, uh, I mean, drastically, like anything else, where there's a larger population of people on it, uh, the purposes and the uses of it, uh, you know, have evolved uh, as we go along. And there has, we, I mean, you have to acknowledge the politicization uh, of social media. Whether it's, you know, uh, the infamous BJP IT cell, does it exist? We don't know any proof of it. Apparently, it's just not a thing. Um, so, has it changed? It definitely has changed because the, the nature of the ground of social media has changed. Um, and uh, does that hamper uh, um, the way we do comedy? Yes, because when we're doing comedy, like in person, you're in a social contract with, a, with the person who has bought a ticket. Ki dekho, you're going to give money. I'm going to say something silly. You're going to find it funny or not find it funny. But when you're on social media, it's literally an open bazaar. And anyone can see anything and get offended at anything. Um, And it's not shocking because we're that huge. And I think there's that saying, which is that if you think something about India is true, the opposite of that is also true. Uh, And so it is not shocking that these clashes are happening. And in fact, these should have been the sort of cornerstone of healthy discussion and debate. Having said that, when Politicians get involved, like when Anil Deshmukh suddenly decides to tweet about this. What are you doing? Art ensure the safety of a person because you're a politician. That is, you know, inciting people against this one particular comic. Um, and so I think it's not that our sense of humor is bad or whatever it is. I mean, whatever people will clash over ideologies and thoughts all the time. But it's when politicians get involved and cannot guarantee that. Hello, this. This is not gonna be the reason you die, get like vicious blind altering threats, then we have a problem. Okay.
2: We're uh, you know, taking off from where uh, Aditi left off. Yes, I think offense taking, I don't I don't think is unique to you know any one country or 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 people, but acting on that, thinking away with it, I think is a real problem. Yeah. And the second part is that our comics being burdened with too much uh Political commentary, wherein, you know, a point you've made to me in the past, that is just a small sliver of the repertoire of what you do, and that gets all the attention. Just just take our viewers through that.
3: Look, I, I think one of the benefits of social media is that you will be able to reach a much wider audience than you were normally able to reach. Right? So let's be clear. Good or bad, all comics were in the social media game to get our content out there. Right? The... Downside to social media is a lot of times content that is designed for a certain group of people, which no matter what artist you are, you are designing your content towards a certain group of like-minded people. Your content is going to reach a group of people who do not resonate with that content, uh, are not familiar with the format, are not familiar with the protocol of how to respond to that content. And you just kind of have to live with that. That's par for the course. Right. So I don't have so much of a problem with uh, being trolled, uh, or, or, you know, being, uh, you know, people expressing anger over a joke. I'm always okay with people expressing yes. anger and outrage over a joke. What I've noticed is that the people who create tangible consequences for humor usually aren't on social media. You know what I mean? They, they are usually minions of somebody on social media, a guy showing up and busting a comedy club, a guy going and doing all of that stuff. Didn't read a tweet. You know what I mean? He didn't see a Facebook post. That guy was told to do it. You know what I mean? Now, was he told to do it because of agenda? Was he told to do it because of viola- Because of uh, deviation from an actual issue? These are things to largely consider on social media as well. I don't think social media represents the larger narrative of Indian comedy in that sense, right? I think the behavioral narrative of Indian comedy is very, very politically driven in that sense. Now, coming back to what you said. Yeah. In a one hour special, which Mittal has and I have. Three political jokes, four political jokes, maybe the rest of it is about our lives and about our country and what we feel and things that we do and stories that we tell those that get blown out of proportion. What I find sad about social media now is the, the intolerance towards the unevolved. And that is both a left thing and a right thing as well. You know, this, uh, agreement is maybe, uh, Aditi four, five years into stand up. Right? Yeah, four years. Maybe four years into stand-up. I'm 13. Aditi, you're 9? 8? Something like that? N-
0: 9, yeah.
3: Right? No matter what level you are in this game, you're two steps away from being tone-deaf at all points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your job, is to find yeah. where the line is and get yeah. as close to the goddamn line as you can <laughs> and say things that are possibly stupid and possibly incredibly offensive. Right? But the... The pressure I feel that a young comic has from both the left and the right to be completely politically correct, to take all levels of privilege into account, to take all intersectionality into account and offend nobody is tremendous because of social media, you know? So the tolerance towards the joke that even, and I don't think her joke was offensive. I'll say that clearly, but I think even the tolerance towards an offensive joke is just gone. And that's what social media, that's how I think social media is damaging comedy as well, is You know, you came into social media with a a mindset of, this is what I like. My interests are A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Now, suddenly if you're introduced to something that you don't like, which you do when content goes viral and content tracks, we don't have a, it doesn't compute for us anymore. We don't know how to respond respectfully to that, but I didn't like this. And this should not be on my social media. This is not what I signed up. Fuck you. Let's burn your house down. You know that I don't understand. And I feel like comics really, really young are burdened with that pressure. And let's be clear, all Indian comics are really young comics. All of us across the world. yeah. So, um, Very actually,
2: I think George Carlin had said that it's the duty of the comedian to find out where the line is drawn and cross it deliberately. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, absolutely. So, uh, I, I get what you're saying that it kind of suffocates the space for young comics, you know, to really tell their stories. Yeah. Offense taking is not, I mean, I don't think there's anything you know you can do about someone taking offense to a joke, yeah. And like you said, the people who act on it also may not have seen the Twitter feed, they are someone's minions or something, yeah. they've done it for someone's. However, you know, do you think that the people do get emboldened by the support they receive from people who would ordinarily condemn it while they may say, We hate your joke and we don't like it. But you can't go beat the guy up for it. Has social media become that way a force multiplier to make what earlier was socially unacceptable, acceptable, whether it is saying stuff that was outright racist or bigoted, uh, and that's not just an India phenomena. things that you'd be embarrassed to say earlier, now people can say because they see a constituency on Twitter. And similarly, earlier, even journalists would say that I don't agree with this, but you can't go start filing a fire. Now, journalists also go for it, not realizing tomorrow they could be the receiving end. Yeah. Does social media actually not play such a passive role? It actually emboldens such elements.
0: and it's about, about the economy of our attention, right? And so, um, I mean, how do you otherwise explain the popularity of, uh, you know, rape videos, for example? Not even taking general content into mind. But I mean, there is an economy of rape videos, uh, uh, as, as has been reported uh, in news. Laundry itself, um, and so I mean, people. It's it's sort of uh, it sort of ends up in the, uh, social media has sort of enabled people to coagulate around really bad, really socially unacceptable things that would things that are bigoted things that are racist, uh things that are sexist. Um it's in, in fact more likely to be looked at than things that are not racist, not sexist. Um, and so people know now that, okay, look, if I say something ridiculous, I will get an invitation to sit on Big Boss. Um, And for a whole lot of people, that's a valid route to infamy. And so we also have to, as a as an audience, we have, oh, as, as consumers of social media, we are sort of the monster that we are fighting. When we, Even when we hate share stuff, Uh, Even when we, you know, cringe watch things, uh, we are still adding to it uh, in the larger scheme of things. So it's, it very much comes from us.
3: I just want to add something to what Aditi said, because I agree completely. I, I also think very strangely, and maybe this is a very India specific thing. And please forgive me if I'm wrong or correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like we got into social media because it was supposed to be the bastion of the future. You know what I mean? And the bastion of connection. And in India, it has been used very intelligently as the gatekeeper of the past. You know exactly. what I mean? Uh, yeah. And that's something that we're fighting because stand-up is in its essence a very futuristic art form. It is an art form that is looking back and parodying it to look ahead in that sense. you know. But old values, old sexism, old racism, old culture, old mythology, old ways of talking to women are all being Very actively pushed, promoted, funded on social media, you know. So I really feel like more than many other countries in the world, the older generation who is afraid of being invalid very, very soon has weaponized social media very intelligently uh, towards newer age art forms, artists, narratives. Uh, Look at what everybody's angry about. On social media, it's all 80 years <laughs> old and beyond, you know, it's, we are all mad about Nehru and beyond. You know what I mean? Like that is what we're mad about. Nobody's mad about, Ki, yaar, mein nahi hoga, desh mein. you know what I mean? Like, is we're talking about the past on uh, a medium of the future. And maybe that is a very specifically Indian thing. I'm not sure. Because, you know. Now, you know what
2: Chirag said is an intro that, you
3: know, millennials and I think
2: the post-millennials are called Gen Z, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, they are looking at comics to tell them current affairs and to kind of explain news and governance to them. I think that's sad um, yeah. uh, as a news professional. Uh, and I'm not sure it's entirely accurate. I want to know your view. A, do you think the news media has let the country down and let the generation down in kind of bringing the world to them as news should and has kind of abdicated that to you and B uh, has um, news media left it to comics to figure out where the line is drawn and then we'll see whether we can go there rather than they figure out this is how far the line can be and now you go occupy it and that is the canvas. Now paint on it rather than let the comics touch, you know, play with the line and if they get beaten up, we'll just stay within our little circle.
0: Yeah, yes, exactly that. And in fact, you know, I have to admit as a millennial myself, I grew up watching a daily show with Jon Stewart. Uh, I grew up uh, sort of watching a flop show, Jaspal Bhatti. A lot of my political understanding of the world of even basic concepts like fairness, justice, uh, or even uh, I'd say, you know, the famous Indian Naseeb. Like that, those concepts were taught to me through comedy. Uh, and uh, it is almost tragic how, um, you know, not only Gen Z, but all of us now look to comedy to explain things better to us, which places a pointless pressure on comedy which it is never able to and that's why it's never able to put up with that like it's never able to live up to the expectation Uh, and no matter what you do someone will have a problem um and so at some point you're like well you know do then I just do then I can't sit around with you know keeping everybody in mind all the time Ki you know across every spectrum I must keep this if you mess up you apologize and you move on luckily there's no people with sticks outside your house yelling you know chanting uh Random gods' names and threatening you, but that pressure sort of has been put on comics a lot and unfairly so. And the relationship of journalism with comics also is something that needs to be spoken to um, in a in a more positive manner because uh, the like I just, just want to point out this is my office. You know what I'm saying? I am not. <laughs> An organization. I am a single individual Just um, means that I read I Because I ran in for this recording. The understanding that we are just citizens with voices is something that journalists need to understand. We don't have backings of large media organizations behind us. If someone comes after us, we are on our own. Uh, and then, of course, it becomes a, you know look at this one really fighting for freedom of expression, freedom of speech. But the truth is that you as a journalist and the press in general needs to stand behind individuals more than corporations uh, or more than like political parties.
3: Yeah, I mean, to put it crudely, don't lay your shit at my doorstep. You know what I mean? Uh, It's your shit, to be very honest with you. Just because you're hitting a wall and you have a fractured relationship with the government right now where there's no give and take between the two of you, which is both of your job. You know what I mean? So just because you can only ask him what mangoes he eats, don't expect me to ask him about the budget of the statue. It's not my goddamn job. You know what I mean? Uh, to, to put it very, very uh, Because when they come for you, you have an office and lawyers and all of that stuff, etc. I just have a microphone. You know? And let's be clear. Uh, to be fair, comics like the media attention. You know? When we do a joke or when we push the envelope a little bit, and there are journalists in the background essentially going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, in your face. You know what I mean? We'll retweet that shit. We will. You know, we will enjoy that attention. But you can't, what is happening with comedy right now? We're all painted with a broad brush, right? Comedians are anti-national, anti uh traitors, pro-Pakistan, urban naxal, blah, blah, blah. A manufactured narrative. Right. So if you're not going to liaise with the the politics of our country, help us fight that narrative as well. Because to me, I take it personally, there's more to my art form than just that. Right. So when the only thing you put out an article about is what I said about the government or what I said about a statue or what I said about this thing, and that's what you're cheering on instead of the 9000 jokes that I do that celebrate our country and that celebrate our culture, you're feeding into that narrative as well. You're painting me with the same broad brush that the people who oppose me are painting me with. You know, I can't ask the questions that you can ask. And right. I shouldn't. And it's my job to be an idiot. You know, uh, Aditya yeah. and I both, Stewart, but every day <laughs> on the daily show, John Stewart said, Don't listen to me. I'm a goddamn idiot. I'm a privileged Jewish white man. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Hell do I yeah. Mean?
3: Are jokes? yeah. You know. Man, if you put us in a place of intelligence or on a pedestal of intelligence, we're truly and properly as a nation. I'm just going to yeah. say, it. we're not going to meet our expectation. You know, but, uh,
2: I, I both agree. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Aditi.
0: No, no, just, I was just saying, Fittemu, 100%, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree.
2: I agree and disagree in the sense that I think, you know, what you said about just, you know, outsourcing the job of journalism, to yeah. comics and to talking truth to <laughs> power is ridiculous. And I, I think it's journalists who should make the canvas bigger so that others can paint their art form on it rather than the other way around, which is what the expectation is. But on the intelligence bit, I think, um, you know, whether, and that's, you know, down history to to simplify something into a joke or to demonstrate the irony of something requires more intelligence than just to report it. So,
0: yeah.
2: and I think, you know, artists do understand that. I mean, the, the ones who I follow and and they've got pushback as well, like Bill Ma. I think Bill Ma is smarter and better read than most journalists I, you know, read. So, I, I mean, I, I do think that is there. But to what extent does this kind of outrage, political outrage, have a chilling effect on your performance? Now, tell me, you know, purely personally, because I can tell you a while, and we discussed this in the others, you know, the series that Roly Books and News Laundry did as part of this, that, you know, as, as News Laundry, we can push the honor because I have 40 or 50 employees. So we have to shut down, I have to do that, 40, 50 people, sorry guys. Yeah. Because we've gone too far, bye-bye. But if you have 5,000 employees, maybe the decisions won't be as easy as they are for me. So, but I do know, across organizations, journalists, individuals, are pulling their punches. Dude, I don't want to lose my job. I don't get in trouble. Is the same happening in comedy and to what extent?
3: I've interacted with a fair amount of comics who, uh, and I say that fully acknowledging that one is in a better position, touch wood, than those comics legally. You know what I mean? To be able to, (laughs) you know, I got 14 legal notices and I had a high court hearing last year for jokes. You know what I mean? Uh, and I, I don't tom-tom it too much is quietly pay the lawyer and the lawyer responds and you deal with it, etc. etc. A younger comic does not have those options, you know. So when you say, Hey man, it's not worth it to me to, to do the political joke because I just don't want to deal with it, zero judgment from me. You know what I mean? Absolutely zero judgment. You do you, you know. And when you apologize, zero judgment from me as well. At the end of the day, you got to put food on the table, you have to run your shop, you have to do all of that stuff, you know. So I definitely see that happening amongst comedians. Most definitely saying. And you personally, do you say that I have a good, I, you know, I, I get
2: films, you do like, you know, big films, like big budget films, you do Netflix, why would you want to like mess up your comfy life by doing, you know, one political joke does, I mean, it's a no brainer because that it's not your job, really.
3: Yeah, but uh, no, <laughs> I mean, I am like, I'm, I'm too married to the joke, you know what I mean? Like, if I like it, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a baby, I'm not letting it go, you know what I mean? <laughs> if I truly like it, and chances are before you put it on a special or you put it online, you've done it for like yeah. 30 shows, you know, 25, yeah. 30 shows, and that means 25, 30 audiences of like four or five thousand people have loved it, then there's no way I'm letting that joke go, man. I love it <laughs> too much, I mean, and Let's be clear, comics also like a little bit of chugli. You know what I mean? We are... <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> the we are digital, salty, evil people. Let's be clear about it. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> let's take that narrative away ki, we are speaking truth to power. When you You know what I mean? Let's be, let's be clear about that. So, no, I'm not letting go of the joke just because I know it will anger some people. Also because I know I'm getting further comedy from that you know what I mean I can write about the anger I can write about the outrage now I never want to be a one-trick pony so that's what I'm clear right so sometimes I'll watch like a late night host in the US and I'm like it's Trump 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 for the nine minute monologue and I'm like yeah if Trump loses the next election. Your material then, is gone, right? Because he spread it out. He's going to be replaced if Trump is gone. Uh, I don't want that, but I ain't letting go of the joke. No. <clears throat>
2: I think if you could just take this question, which I actually discussed with Veer over a call the other day, and you know, Veer, you can come in on that. You know, I have attended some of these uh Burana Mano Holi Hai sabhas in Banaras. There's a old culture tradition, it's like stand-up comic because stand up comic was invented. By Dhritarashtra, just in case you're thinking, <laughs> I it was, it's a lot. So, and, and I have documentary evidence to prove it in Do in Yaro. Anyway, but, but there, is, there, there is this tradition of Mano Uliha where they get like people, the DM of Banaras would say 10. Yeah. They go at the guy. Yeah? they say stuff that is, and in Hindi, yeah. it can sound even more hurtful because they don't. <laughs> yeah. back. And it's a holy tradition. But I've seen some Punjab, you know, stand-up acts which are pretty nasty. Uh, they now this is happening in Hindi and Punjabi, but the guys in English are cracking jokes which I have, I think are a fraction as offensive as some of the ones I've heard in Kanpur, Banaras, Punjab. Yeah. Explain this to me because people sitting there also have mobile phones. Why do you, English tribes, get so much pushback here?
0: I, I can't explain it. You know, it's and it's a it's a like, I mean, it's a it's the sort of it's the fact that right now, you know, there was we saw the rise of the nerds um, in the early 2000s where it was the nerd pushing back against the jock popular culture. Uh, and for the lack of a better uh, analogy, this is exactly what it is. Is The assumption is that English speakers are the jocks. Anything said in English sounds condescending. If you don't know English well. And because English is the language of the oppressor. Uh, we don't want to hear, uh, you know, and, and that's why you see now, now even the English comics doing a lot of Hindi punchlines. It's, it's always for the setup in English uh, and then a punchline in Hindi. Uh, because they're you instantly sort of connect with the language in your head. Uh, so English is seen as a condescending tool to use, which is why I think just linguistically that is a problem. Um, and then of course, if you're a human woman, then uh, bandi rakho.
2: <laughs> rakho. Is it a class for we? Is it, is it a class thing that the, the jokes in the smaller towns in uh, languages uh, get away with it, but you guys don't?
3: I think so. Look, let's be clear. If you are doing English comedy, you are coming from a place of privilege. You know what I mean? Let's be clear. You've had that education, you, you know, chances are you've got a level of privilege that is above a, you know, a, a large section. Yeah, sure. right. So that's number one. Uh I'm not going to get into uh, how women who do comedy in English uh, get treated because I, I, I can't speak to that. But like I know what you're talking about, like Pand, or I think it's called Bhand, you know what I mean in, in Punjab where they, you know, you beat each other with a chappal and you do the most... Uh, offensive stuff. like I've, I've been stuff, yeah. on, on, on a travel show, etc. The protocol for that is set, no? And it's a thousand year old protocol in terms of this is it, you will come, you will laugh, this is how it goes. English comedy in its new art form is, is relatively new in the country. Mm-hmm. And I think, see, the biggest criticism that I've ever had as a comic is who talks this way? You know what I mean? <laughs> He over enunciates everything that he does. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. sound like Indian English, and that comes from my background, right? So I didn't grow up in India; I grew up in Africa, and I kind of this is the way I talk, you know, uh, when I perform. And people are like, he doesn't sound natural because he doesn't sound natural Indian, but he doesn't sound natural from anywhere else, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And at some point, you have to go screw you. You know, this is the way that I talk. You know, like, <laughs> uh, and you as awful as it sounds, but it is slightly funny. You kind of have to do the same thing with your privilege as well. You know, as an English comedian, you kind of have to be like, yeah, if I'm talking English and I'm doing stand up comedy in English, I am privileged for sure. I can be conscious of my privilege, but I ain't being apologetic for it. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, so, a lot of times when people say those are privileged jokes, I'm like, fuck yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they are. And here are three more. Uh, because I, I just don't know how to write any other jokes. I will try and make it funny. So there is that, because if you look at the larger political narrative as well, it is get back at the privilege, right? Uh, yeah. I saw a lovely tweet the other day where some, I think, Manmohan Singh came out and said something, right? And uh, like, I hated Manmohan Singh as prime minister. I love him now. You know what I mean? Because now, <laughs> now right? he comes out with like swag and he's like, told you, you know, like, he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. right now, I love Manmohan Singh now. Uh, but I saw some some tweet where somebody's like, you know, these intellectual types don't know the real India. Right. And I remember thinking, the dude has three PhDs. You know, like, Kumara, you worked on chest, shoulder, triceps today. That's the three things you have worked on. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know, like, but. And, and he's, uh, he, if you
2: read his life story, he has had a really tough life from a really. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, underprivileged uh, economic background, background yeah. where he worked his way up yeah. and to where he was I mean I, I, mean, I have I have a hundred problems with him and for that matter I think that's amazing about Mayawati or even uh, Narendra yeah. Modi but that is one thing and what they do with it is another thing so yeah. you
3: know You're the are hatred towards yeah. the privileged to implement policies that by the way only benefit the people <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like, yeah. they you do know about what's yeah. going
0: on your you know,
3: I aren't privileged to be like, but policy kisko benefit karra hai, unko hi benefit karra at, at the end of the day. So, and English comics will fall into part of that narrative. Saying, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you are English, you are privileged, you do well, you do this. And let's be clear, uh, privilege, especially for us, is a bottomless pit you know what i mean like no,
2: and, no, and no. In india and, it,
3: and in india it works at
2: many levels even yeah. within uh, but yeah, yeah. It, other you, you was... know
0: to speak to that i feel like um you know it is and, and i and i find myself actually existing on a very interesting intersection of that is that i like english is some is a is sort of the language i write in is the language that i speak in um but i've also realized that i want to use english to call out my own privilege or to uh, interpret, um, you know, how this India that supposedly is not understood um, can communicate with each other. Um, But unfortunately, and let's face it again, since 2014, there has been a demonization of any kind of person who uses a word more than longer than three syllables, um, which which sort of leads to problems. Uh, so, right now, we need to, I mean, the, the English-Hindi divide, unfortunately, is obfuscating much larger issues um, when it but, comes to comedy and just general rhetoric and conversation.
3: But let's be clear also, like, Aditi, you and I talk thrice a year about performing abroad and performing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? I but, just used obfuscation. Yeah. I, oh, fuck. Aditi and I will yeah, meet, in, actually,
3: <laughs> yeah. we meet in London and we'll be like, hey. uh, you know, we can say the things that we want to say and all of that stuff and that's yes. fucked. But yeah. to be clear, there are more English speakers for us to perform to in India than there yeah. are anywhere else in the world. I have a larger audience in India as an English speaker than I do yeah. in America right now. Yeah. And yeah. You know, Population this is where it's at. And my English doesn't make me less Indian. I'm in the Indian game. I'm an Indian comic. You know what I mean? Uh, my audience yes. is here. So yeah.
2: uh, okay. Uh, you know, before we wind up, and if you guys have any more views to share on this whole social media and comics on social media as a supplementary piece to regular media's commentary, (laughs) feel free. But I had a question, which I actually also put on our podcast, Hafta. We have a weekly podcast. Um, I watched this show called Norseman, which I stumbled upon and I was blown away. I, I had never heard of it. I just was like going on Netflix and I saw the trailer and I'm hooked I've just finished season three. And the jokes that they use, often with no bigger purpose, like you can use a rape reference or a rape joke to make a bigger point, which is more lofty in its philosophy. But there's some jokes which are just, they don't have a bigger point. They're just ridiculous. And I i love the show, but I wondered how come, you know, Little Britain had to apologize. Anyone who's done anything at any point has to apologize. But Norseman gets a pass and then I googled and I saw a few articles on it and it is uh, appreciated and and um, you know no one is seems to be wanting to take it down what makes something okay and something like little Britain get pulled down because I actually thought Little Britain was also offensive but funny um, and so is Norseman.
0: Did the amount of attention paid to it uh, yeah. I'm telling you, <laughs> then you will only sit, like watch the show and be like, ha actually this is offensive. Um <laughs> I'm telling you, this is how it works. You think it's that simple, Ravir? Hanji, I mean, Hanji. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah. you
3: know, I have questions about that that even I'm thinking about these days, right? Um n- number one is if it's offensive, okay. Does that mean it shouldn't exist? That's a question, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Within the context of art only, right? Uh, Or does that mean it needs to be modified? You know, that's something that I'm thinking about as well. Also, let's be clear, what's offensive changes every five years or four years or three years. And 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 now
2: quicker, right? Cycles are becoming quicker. Cultural transitions are happening at a scale that are faster than economic Mm -hmm. bubbles and busts.
3: Yeah, but also, is it the only thing that's offensive? You know, when people like... When people are like, sorry bowl, I'm like, huh, sorry. And they're like, I'm offended. I'm like, okay. That is very much your life. Right. You are, you know, it's called taking offense. It's not called giving offense. Right. You took it. You took something that didn't exist. Right. You, you took it home. Is this the only thing you're offended by? And is this really the top of your goddamn pyramid? My joke. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, are, you, are you are you offended by pollution? Are you offended by the threat to your safety? Are you offended by the amount of tax you have to pay? Are you offended by potholes on the road, because there's solutions for that. You know what I mean? Uh, Those can legit be fixed. So that's the, where do I stand? Am I the top of your pyramid in terms of what you are offended by? You know, is pollution, potholes, danger towards women, taxation, larger migrant worker crisis, water crisis. If you're not offended by any of this and you're just offended by a joke, maybe it's because this is the only thing you can actually fix. Maybe when you ask me for an apology, it's because you know it's the only goddamn apology you're actually going to get for anything yeah. that you're mad at. Yeah. So, uh, so why should we not apologize? Apologize. Ek apology yeah. milna You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Imagine yeah. what a universe that is. You got up and you were angry about something and somebody apologized. When does that ever happen? Uh, so <laughs> do it, man. Apologize away. Every day. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 <laughs> I agree. I think, you know, this is sort of um, it, it's also how every time a comedian is wrong, how it's treated, right? Um, the kind of attention that a, a joke tends to get um, really blocks out a news cycle for a good week. Because then things happen, then somebody's counter is making a counter video, then uh, counter video. That starts becoming a little universe in itself every time you get offended by a joke. Um, which is why I think even really news cycles should also not um, I, I don't think they should make a big deal. Oh my god comedians apologized. Comedians are idiots. We say I cringe. I, I am cringing at the stuff I said at the beginning of this video. Hell yeah. I am sorry for it. usko. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh,
3: right now I've seen a lot of comics get pulled up for tweets that are eight years old, nine years old, when these guys were like one year into comedy, two years into comedy, they are bad jokes. They are bad tweets. They are wrong, but they are perfectly within their rights to crack bad jokes at the start of their career. You're absolutely wrong. You know, you're absolutely, you have the right to be tone deaf. You have the right to mess up as a comic before you find your voice. Nobody in India has found their voice apart from Johnny Lever. Let's be clear. That's the only guy who's legit found it. None of us are even close in that level. And yeah, I mean, I read it sometimes and I'm like, yeah, it's a terrible joke. Sure, take it down or apologize for it or whatever. Yeah. But like maybe let's look into past court cases. Hey, how about that? You know, we're looking at past <laughs> tweets. Maybe let's look at like, you know, uh, what every politician has in his kitty of uh, of the past. While we're looking back into the past, you might find some other stuff that needs apologies too. I mean, I. Know. I I get what what you're saying, and I, I I do I do think that one can
2: criticize someone for the aesthetics of a joke or even its political incorrectness. But what are the consequences? And um, you know, I just like closing comments from both of you, and then we'll wind up. I remember when the Charlie Hebdo thing happened. Yeah, there was a piece. Uh, it was in a in a British publication. I forget. I'm not going to name it because in case it's wrong, it would be very very unfavorable. Respectable British publication which had a very legit and good takedown of Charlie Hebdo's aesthetics that yeah. they were needlessly provocative. They'd show the prophet running around naked, you know, mm. with everything hanging out and they would do stuff like that. And they would this and they were that. But, you know, we, aesthetic critique, there's a time and place for when 12 people have just been killed. killed really, yeah. This critic thought this is a good time to talk about the aesthetics of those 12 people. So I think that it's not about how good or bad a joke is. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about beating people up, threatening them with violence or rape, which is why, you know, I I don't think one needs to justify that the joke was not on Shivaji, but on his statue. Hell, even if it was on Shivaji, why not? So, and and I think um, that is where I I and I mean, I, I must apologize because I have articulated that I was very distressed to see the spate of apologies that that came. But you're right. I mean, with journalists, because there's so many journalists who get worse, they have an organizational backing. We have a budget for, for legal, I'm sure you don't. So so. <laughs> Sorry,
0: budget. Sorry, budget. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. So uh, I, I get what you're saying, but should we give people a free pass to, you know, to comment on the aesthetics of a joke at a time when the stakes are a lot higher?
3: Uh, you're not going to not catch any, you know, not catch feedback, right? Everybody's well within their rights. Like if I'm, if I assume the right to never self censor myself and talk about the prime minister of my country or talk about religion or talk about any of these things, then I jolly well have to give you the right to criticize me. You know what I mean? I jolly well have to give you the right to respond as angrily or in as civilized a manner as you deem possible, you know what I mean? Uh, should you apologize for it uh,
2: you uh, know said that yeah, i think it really depends on where you are and some people are way more vulnerable like like you know delhi yeah. you, you don't hear delhi journalists get shot with the frequency you see in up or even in punjab sand mafia yeah. kills someone yeah. so i think that really depends on where you I, are i wouldn't it,
3: really worry about if you you shouldn't worry if you have to apologize you should worry if you mean the apology you know that's the way i look <laughs>
1: <laughs> like that's
3: a yeah, good one say sorry but you know Write more jokes. That's,
0: that's yeah. where I'm coming
3: from on this. Like I'll, I'll give you context. All right. I had a high court hearing for jokes that I did about lawyers. All right. So I did some <laughs> jokes about lawyers on Hasmukh, which is a fictional comedian. So he did jokes about lawyers and all of a sudden lawyers started sending us legal notices. So lawyers were offended by lawyer jokes, right? So then I had to go to high court with three of my lawyers and four other lawyers <laughs> and sit in front of a judge and talk about jokes about lawyers. You know what I mean? And I just remember watching this in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a lockdown, a online high court hearing about jokes. And I just remember looking at this going, the only fucking people who have benefited from this are lawyers. You know yeah, what I mean? Because <laughs> you've all made money on this damn thing. I've lost money. Now, I've lost money. You know what I mean? And I've lost time and I've lost hair and I've lost years of my life dealing with all of this stuff but uh, yeah.
0: But
2: also what we've lost is a more more worthy case maybe having come up in the high court rather than something just pulling a comic in
3: yeah but my point is Abhinandan I now have 5 minutes about it you know what I mean <laughs> and that's <laughs> what a- is a- perfect a- a- right it's a joke now right? so that's closing comments from you Aditi
0: you know closing comments are those that uh, I mean the The morality and the ethics of being comedians and loving jokes and hating jokes are all up for grabs and up for discussion. It is when uh, our political scenario does not guarantee our safety in that discussion is when we have to be really careful. And, um, you know, someone like Agrima or a younger comic is much more vulnerable to, um, you know, Uh, even just hearing that video and I have a strong stomach and watching that video gave me the chills. Like I felt like unsafe for a good five minutes after I watched it. And um, we have to kind of, we as a society, and I think it's, this is going to be more of an organic thing because this was also very organic when everyone started speaking up and saying, you know what? No, this guy needs to be arrested or this guy needs to be, you know, addressed at least. Mm. Uh, the police at least needs to talk to this guy. Um, and ironically, I mean, because uh, that's how the cookie crumbles. Uh, sh- she got more hate once he got arrested, which she didn't want. She didn't want him arrested. There was public pressure to get him arrested. They got him arrested. And now she's she was then for like a week afterwards, she was fielding hate for getting a guy arrested when she didn't want to. Um, and so there also has to be that understanding And a much more nuanced understanding, uh, which again, social media does not allow because it's basically a marketplace with all of us just screaming our ideas loudly. But there has to be, like, I think we have to aspire to it.
3: And also, I just want to add one thing, like, uh, there needs to be a stronger sense of community within the art form. You know what I mean? Uh, I've, I've seen more actors and actresses stand up for Grima as many as, as many comics. You know what I mean, and I get that we're a tiny community, and I get that half of us are scared to death, as it is in a pandemic about our future, <laughs> etc., etc. Yeah, we gotta rally around each other more, and that doesn't have to be so much. Communi- like my communication with Agrima when all of this shit happened was, "Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you writing jokes? I am. That's it. You know that that's all we we need to do. But there needs to be a larger sense yeah. of support if we want this art form to contextualize itself in India.
2: Thanks Aditi, Uh, thanks Veep. and uh, not just the artists, I'm now talking to our viewers and listeners that you got to decide what society you want to live in, where ideas compete and better ideas emerge or you shut people down by breaking their homes or furniture in the places they perform at and in the absence of any formal institutions to support such artists and art forms and free thinkers It is a, you know, society that has to stand by them, whether it's through social media, or I'll go to the extent of saying next time you see, you know, kind of hate attacks on on people, you know, say, okay, 100 of us in this locality, you want to get to that home, you have to come through us. It can be done unless, when when the official uh, institutions don't protect you, uh, you know, one would have to turn to the community, not just of the artists, but also those who benefit and are tickled by the art. So think about that. Thank you for joining this discussion uh, that Roly Books and News do Have put together. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all the other social media channels on YouTube. And do keep track of what we do. And also what Aditi and we do, guys, keep doing the wonderful work you do. More power to you. And I hope you don't pull your punches. And we make a conducive environment where you don't have to either. Thanks, we need Zira. bail money
3: soon so we won't pull up punches yeah. whenever, whenever we need it so, yeah.
0: <laughs> all the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform
2: please subscribe to News Laundry help us keep news independent